Yeah, 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 I get that, I get that, but is we live, though? Is we, like, all the way live, though? You heard? Peace to the public and power to the people. Uh, this is the Live Podcast, where the vulnerable are powerful, and where the most gangster thing to do is serve. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. This is indeed the All The Way Live podcast, man. Um, it is an absolute privilege for us to come here every week as we do. My brother, me and my brother, Miles Xavier, are people that are passionate about their communities and passionate about impact projects. And what we do on this space every week is dedicate our time to curate carefully curated conversations for your cranium. Uh, we dedicate ourselves to checking out information that is interesting and we bring it over to you guys for the sole purpose of making this a place where people that are going through it can have a place of positivity because we know that the depression levels are high. We know that people are uh, feeling more lonely than they, than they ever have been. Um, and that's something that we're going to get into in some of the topics that we have uh, curated for the show, man. So we really are intentful about making this a place where you can come, even if it's for a minute or an hour or a second, whatever it is, it don't matter to us. We give you the All The Way Live podcast. Yep, that's what this is. And as always, Chicago is in the building. Johannesburg is in the building by way of Exeter. You know what I mean? And that's so important, man. I appreciate you. Uh, am I, how am I coming through? Am I crispy now? All right, all right. Just making sure, just making sure. But yeah, what up to the YouTube audience? What up to the Spotify audience? Uh, we appreciate everybody tuning in as we always do. Uh, and yeah, man, Chicago is in the building. You know that that means that this podcast is recorded on stolen land. Uh, this land belonged to the Potawatomi people, right? It was cared for by them and the Council of the Three Fires until uh, it was violently removed. You know, it was violently taken away from them. And that violence is in inseparable from the state that we find our city in, the state that we find this country in, and the state that we find the world in, right? We got to acknowledge that violence. We got to look for reconciliation. We're going to see how we're going to address it, and we're going to need closure, right? So that's a big part of what we do on, on this podcast is look for, to impact and look to lift up communities, black and brown communities, the world over. That's how we make sure that the intro is over and that we're coming into the show correct. Zway, what we got for him today. Hey, man, you know over here what we do is highlight the work that good people do. Um, funny enough, uh, the, the, the work that we're going to highlight this week is from a particular group of um, editors and curators uh, called People of the Soil. We're going to go ahead and share that, which are right quick. Um, th these dudes do pretty, pretty cool stuff. Have you had a chance to check out their work? Yeah, man, I was looking through the, I was flipping through the flip book, man, and I love just the way, the way that technology is going. This is one of the few times in the past few years that I was like, I wish I had an iPad to check this out on. Most definitely, most definitely. So what People of the Soil is, is a South African editorial magazine, online magazine. They recently released their, um, their climate change issue, I believe, is the seventh issue. Um, let's go over here for Sunday magazines. You know, there's something, Miles, that I enjoy specifically about um, information and how information is is put together and packaging it, you know, and this, you know, the aesthetic of the Love and Environments edition. Look at that, love, another reoccurring, another reoccurring topic. But they got some pretty, some pretty cool stuff. The photography is incredible. Um, the, the information display is pretty incredible and they really do highlight the voices of black artists and black creatives centered around impact themes such as climate change edition, environment edition. It's super, super dope, man. Yeah, man, this is fire. This is fire. I love seeing like, yo, black folks depicted and like photography is a whole different thing when, when somebody knows how to shoot the colors and patinas that are a part of the diaspora, right? It's a, it's a whole different, it's a whole different ball game. And you can tell that these people really care about the content, the subject matter that they're shooting so much emotion that comes through in the, in the visual artwork. That's a part of these pieces. Uh, and this is like, this is, this is coffee table stuff on the go, man. This is, this is what pairs with, you know, I don't know if y'all out there listening to music, Soul Child, or Dwele on your commutes or whatever. Mm -hmm. You got that R&B vibe going, that Neo Soul vibe. This, this complements that. It's a, you know, it's, it's a, it's, it's a vibe. What more can I say? It definitely is a vibe. And we want to shout out their co-founders, Nati Das, 
um, who actually uh, I met and he, he shared this on this group chat that we were all a part of, which was really cool. And the group chat was based around this uh, Garden Boys Club is what it was called, right? And essentially in that club, it is a bunch of young men who come together with older mentors and uh, engage in these like garden discussions. So shout out to Ruben Huma's family that put that together, uh, the Huma family. And I met Nazi through this. He sent an editorial on some random stuff, uh, looked at it, and I was just blown away by the type of information that they share, the, the aesthetic and style that they do it in. Extremely impressive stuff. And uh, we're more than happy to highlight their art and their work and their hard work as we as we enjoy. Same as Khalaleto, uh, um, who's also the co-founder and CEO. Super fire, man. Super fire. And that's a big part of what we're trying to do with this show is we're trying to build community. We're trying to lift up the folks that are creating community, especially when that community is being created around fire content. That's indeed, indeed. And indeed, and we can't and we'd be remiss if we went further than being able to highlight the work that we're doing at the Mandula Foundation. Um, yes, sir. We, me and Miles are ex absolutely passionate. What our actual work is on a daily basis is finding different ways of uh, solving solutions and helping kids out specifically um, in disenfranchised communities. Miles, you're such a huge advocate in your own community and such a huge activist in that space. Um, what has uh, the Mandula Foundation space meant to you um, as part of the integral executive team? Mandula, to me, has been uh, an embodiment of this I this idea, right? It's made me it's made me walk my talk in a lot in the sense that like we have a lot of conversations about what it means to try and impact community and and where to start, right? And we try and encourage people that like it's easy to get started, right? You know, find the look for community people of like minds, the folks that are doing this work already, learn from them, and then see where you can take it yourself, right? See what interests you and devote your time and effort to that. And Mendulo has been our self start version of that. And so to be able to have Mendulo as yeah, uh, as as evidence for myself, even right to be reminded that yes, it is possible and that a whole a bunch of kids essentially can have an impact. Um, and, and to see that mature as we've matured to being, uh, not kids, maybe no more has just been a beautiful thing. Definitely. And we would be remiss if we went any further than highlighting the support team and the backbone and the hard work of Nomonde, of Mandisa, of Inchilla, uh, and the deep work that they put in place that really does keep this organization alive, man. So we're passionate about helping our communities and we encourage absolutely everybody uh, that feels the same way when it comes to wanting to see a difference, wanting to make a change in the world and wanting to um, really participate in being part of the solution to the issues that they see. Um, we started off wanting to answer a simple question, which is if you're young, black and broke, how far can you take helping people? And this is how far we took it, man. So it's something that Humble can start with the right intention. Um, we, we share that energy, that energy with y'all. Big facts, man. Couldn't have said it better myself. Come on, man. Now, you know what we do over here is give people that information. Miles, Xavier. Yes, sir. And man, Let's we'll continue to share stuff, you know, that we that we that we think is important, that we think we our community that listens to us would want to engage with. So so let us know what you guys want to see. Um, we're going to be better about clicking the, about putting the links in the descriptions. So make sure you look for that. It's going to be continuity. It's going to be carefully curated. That's what we do. Sliding on the instrumental Nordic combos Twisted mental Like forbidden jitsu's My click's initial Yo Gotta love it You gotta absolutely love it um, We have Had a pretty interesting week man This week has been Particularly interesting A lot has gone on How are you doing My brother I'm good man I'm good I'm grateful Um it's been, yeah, it's been a lot going on in 
in like every sector, right? On the internets, right? It's a lot going on in international news. It's a lot going on in in on this side in the U, in the U.S. Um, you know, COVID is still going on. It's it's a lot happening. But uh, I'm just grateful that this week has been one of like a lot of socializing, which I don't typically like. But the fact that at, on being on the other side of it, you know, I'm I'm glad to have gotten around to see some of my peoples. Um, I'm glad to be in conversation with you now. Uh, and I'm glad that, you know, my people's are safe and everybody's healthy. I'm just trying to stay, stay rooted in that. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful, man. That gratitude really does go a long way. Um, and you know, what, as, as one goes on the journey of self-discovery, you realize that, you know, grounding yourself in gratitude is so important and it actually flows so well into the, 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 how this week has been and being able to see some, um, you know, being exposed again to what some people might be going through in their personal lives that we might not be aware of, you know? So when I hear you talk about being grounded in gratitude and that type of thing, man, that, that really does, that really does resonate because for instance, if you had this type of week, like our favorite rapper Isaiah Rashad might've had, um, you know, that, that would be, that would be a quite difficult week and you would need to be able to grab onto whatever you, you can to ground yourself. Word, word. And I appreciate you starting this conversation by like grounding us in gratitude um, and by asking how I am. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Blessed, highly favored. God is good all the time, bro. All the time. Big facts. Look out for your homies, man. Don't forget to ask them how they are. Um, but yeah, gratitude is, is mad important in this conversation because I'm super grateful for Isaiah Rashad. And, and this conversation to me starts there. Right. It starts with the fact that I'm a fan of this artist. Um, I'm I'm like his work is some of the music that I've turned to, like when I needed to not, you know, be in my own head. Um, I was able to escape into some of what this person has created. And that's that's a, that's a deep thing for a stranger to be able to do for you. So when I see something happen um, out there that that causes this person to be hurting. Right. Um, as a stranger, I do whatever I can to, to lift up love for that person. So, you know, whether that's thoughts and prayers, whether that's using my platform to be a part of a communal voice that's that's showing support, we got to do what we can do. Um, definitely. And what's, you know, what really sucks about this, Miles, is that what, what, what really sucks about it is that this is somebody's private life that's being exposed, right? This is somebody's private life that is completely coming into the, the, the light. I still retain that everybody should have the opportunity or the option to be able to share what it is they want to share with the public and not share with the public, right? So seeing somebody that you, whose work, and we're, we're both massive fans. I mean, last weekend, we, I was wearing a TDE Isaiah Rashad shirt that was gifted from my brother, you know? So yeah, for sorry. us, this is, and we ranked this the highest album of, of last year and still do rank this the highest album of last year. All to say is the purpose in having, the purpose in even in discussing um, and using this moment as a, as a point of discussion is we're coming from people that are heavily invested in the art that this man makes. Um, and with that investment comes the concern because you know Rashad has suffered for um, suffered from depression. He has mentioned that he's tried to kill himself, kill himself a, a couple of times. So I can only imagine who somebody that has admitted to struggling to be with himself. What that means when your when your private life is exposed in such a in such a public manner. Yeah, man, the repercussions of this, right? Like, we don't know how this will affect his relationships, um, both personal and in the industry, or in like his career going forward. Uh, and we don't know how this will affect him and his his mental health, right? So so reaching out and, and showing love for him as a human, first and foremost. And then there's like, why is this news, yo? As something that he probably didn't want out there in the first place, what's the proper conversation that, that we can have in showing support? And if we're going to talk about this, I think it needs to be around that. Acknowledging whoever whoever leaked this was looking for attention of some kind, yeah. right? And and we need to be a part of the, the collective voice that says there's not a demand for this type of, of content. Attention seekers don't out people with, with the idea in mind that this is going to bring you clout because we, we don't want that. 
And that's complicated because there is a curiosity, a natural curiosity that we have towards celebrities, right? We do want sneak peeks into their private lives. But in a sense, like we essentially, we need to prioritize their humanity over our curiosity. Definitely. You see, the weird thing about it, too, is this obsession with celebritism that we have. And it makes me wonder, is it is it better as an artist to just put your art out into the universe and then disappear into the background? You know, what we do over here, this is a form of art in itself in this, in this curation space that we have. And we've had many discussions of how we aren't people that put ourselves necessarily out there it's to our detriment in a lot of cases. Um, and imagine, you know, even now, even if it isn't something that is revealing about my, my sexual preference, I mean, my sexuality, as Rashad's case, but bro, expose me in an in a intimate moment, in a very intimate moment, and have that come out, that would be so humiliating and embarrassing. I, I got to explain that to my mom. I explain that to my sister. I got to I gotta fight it off with y'all. <laughs> this is a... This, this yeah. would suck big time, bro. For sure, for sure. Yeah, no, we won't, like, leak nothing embarrassing. Like, you know, that moment when it's been a long day of work and you come home and you got this burger... Right. And you just dive into that like shamelessly. Right. You got burger sauce all over your face. Right. You don't want to look up and see a camera in your face, man. And even if you did, somebody snapped a picture, whatever. and Y'all was cool with it. That's a private picture for you and your friends. You don't want that to leak. Right. And this 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 particular conversation is an is an invasion of privacy, as we mentioned, with like with deep, deep repercussions. Right. But but there's positive things here, too. Right. There's been um, a, a response from fans. Right. A very vocal one of support, right? Of of this does not affect how we our ability to relate to you um or how we hear your music, man. We appreciate you. We rock with you. Um and even a couple of artists have come out. Zoe Dollars, uh Duke Deuce, who's actually featured on the album, uh, have come out in support saying basically we don't care. And 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 we don't care. I don't know if I've ever been this excited to hear a, a collective we don't care. Yeah, we we don't care. And that's as as a as a very dedicated dedicated fan, you worry more about the well being of this artist. You know, this Rashad's music has gotten us through some of the darkest times, and that's and that's the that's the alchemy of good music, and that's the alchemy of, of good art is that you're able to transcribe your pain into something beautiful that somebody can use. I actually heard my poster say that, um, and that's exactly what Rashad has done for us on so many different occasions. So when you see something like this, that is uh, a, a deep impeachment on this person's uh, private life and knowing as a fan, bro, what does this mean? How long we have to wait in between the next Rashad album? We know we, how long we're going to have to wait for that, you know? But as you say, I hope the support that comes with it. And I hope that um, being able to come out in one's light in terms of the, we say the vulnerable are powerful. Hopefully this moment of um, in forced vulnerability empowers this person to live an even fuller version of themselves uh, because living a life holding in a secret I can't of that magnitude I can't imagine is an enjoyable one fully a fully enjoyable one word word but yeah you know while while looking for silver linings still condemning whoever leaked this uh, and for sure man but I'm glad I'm glad you said what you said I'm glad you 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 mentioned that that essential tenet of the show that the vulnerable are powerful, man. Let's get vulnerable for a second, Sway. You know, we 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 had this conversation on the podcast before you, about our heroes and and how we see ourselves and our heroes and how we're let down, right? And so we have to kind of shift our mentalities to being more realistic. That our 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 heroes, like the people we look up to, the people we want to be like, the people that create things that we love, are. Um, they're human, right? They're human just like us. And Zway is human just like us, right? And there might be some things about Zway that, you know, fans of the podcast, you know, might be might be interested to know, right? And so I would just want to give you an opportunity right now. Like, like Zway, what are some of the things that people out there might be surprised to know about you? That I that I have to one, I have social anxiety, and also um I I deal with binging. With binging, I have a, I have a, uh, ha- I have a habit of binging, and I think that might be surprising because I'm, you know, I'm a very active person, and I've had a past of sharing how active of a person I am. Hashtag apply the pressure, but 
<laughs> it's uh when it comes to the weekends man um you know i have to res I have to have a very strict diet and then when it comes to the weekend give myself a little bit of space otherwise a, a, a bad habit starts to form around my relationship with food which then you know will show itself as my relationship with people Dang, man. Well, you know, I appreciate you actually going the vulnerable route, right? I hope I didn't make you feel pressured to to give us, like, to chef up some vulnerability on the spot. Uh, I hope you knew that the gate was open to take it to wherever you wanted to take it. But I appreciate you, as always, um, for bringing, you know, your, your soul to the table and, and sharing that uh, for the sake of other folks out there that might be able to re relate and be lifted up by that, man. You're the, you're the man. Thank you. And those thanks and whatever's are very great. But I have to send that question right back to you, buddy. You see the path that we've laid out. Uh, this is vulnerable vulnerability alley. Go ahead. Stroll down. All right. Well, as 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 a stroll, it's funny you say stroll, right? Something people might not know about me is that I dig something like so this this whole conversation is about like you know, people were surprised that Isaiah was doing something that people have this thing in mind that it's only for females, right? But Damn all that, right? This thing that people think is only for females that no longer, man, all right? I know you get manicures sometimes. That's one of them. Massages, spas, self-care. That's that's another thing. I enjoy I enjoy a good massage, right? Is that, is that your vulnerable moment? Is you telling us you enjoy massages? I'm getting there, man. I'm getting, okay. <laughs> fashion shows, right? I think fashion shows are dope, especially you got the right music, you know? You got that going. I think checking that out, seeing like, man, that's dope. I want to be... Right, like thug at the fashion show that like knows enough to be like, oh no, that's messed up, and steps up, straightens the guy's outfit. <sighs> I think that's cool. You know what I'm saying? I, 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 I'm being vulnerable, right? All right, you want to get real vulnerable? I have a tendency <laughs> to, to, to divert with humor. How about that? All right, I bet you didn't know that about me. Sometimes when I feel like I'm put on the spot and I don't really know where to go, right? I'm cornered. I just use being funny to get out of it. So <laughs> look, look at where this started. And look at where it went to. It started like with, that. I enjoy massages. <laughs> we out here. Thank you. Thank you for being so vulnerable, Miles, and uh, sharing that, that difficult path. And uh, you have to conceal your love for massages. We still give you some, we still give you, we still give you support nonetheless, man, because over here on this show, we don't discriminate when it comes to that type of thing. But one of the reasons why we said we enjoyed uh, not enjoy it, but we wanted to curate a conversation around Rashad is that there's an increasing number of rappers um, in uh, of rappers in hip hop who are embracing their sexuality and and are and are opening the conversation of what we consider to be the uh, the quintessential hip hop male. You know, granted the numbers are very very small. The numbers are very very small, but you know, I think of things like Tyler the Creator. I think I think of um, Kate Trinata, I think of um, Frank Ocean. You know, um, I, sure. I, I think of I think of those folks, and so it's I, I'm glad, and and also seeing the relationship that Tyler has with the rest of hip hop, right? His talent is undeniable, and it, it's if anything, since making that revelation, it hasn't slowed him down, but it's propelled him even further. And I'd love to think that Rashad is going to take that same type of approach regardless of what it is but not but allowing that freedom to fuel his um his creative ability big facts big facts and I'm glad that you know you you kind of brought us into the hip-hop conversation um in a broader way because there is a history of homophobia in his in hip-hop right um and as we continue to appreciate the way that hip-hop has been able to mature. Um, I think like eradicating that is a big part of is a big part of what needs to happen, of where hip hop needs to go, right? And I think this is a step, right? Something I want to I don't I don't want to I want to tee you back up to say it, um, but you were you made a great point about Isaiah's place in hip hop um, and specifically his relatability and and why this might be a more difficult pill for folks to um, to take than maybe some of those other artists. Yeah, it, it, it's a little bit difficult for, I mean, you know, when, when it, you can really compare to, to Tyler, to Tyler, the creator and his moment, you know, with Rashad, it's, it's, it's a little bit, um, 
with, with Rashad, he's never really he's never really embraced that type of uh, that type of let's say quirkiness that would that would not necessarily surprise people. You know, it is definitely a surprise for sure, especially when you refer reflect on his content and how heavy it is and the struggles of being the dude that is um, breaking women's hearts. And that can, that undoubtedly has to be the case if one can portray it so vividly. Um, but I, it would be, I, I really, really hope that this is what unlocks him to flooding us with more music and really diving deeper into that art um, to express even what he feels like right now, because as I said, man, that, that man's music has gotten us through very, very difficult times. The Sun's Tirade is still an album that keeps one in rotation. Like that, you know, that's music that literally uplifts you. And this man is just talking about his pain. Big facts. And talking about it in a way that is not only relatable, but his his skill lyrically is is there, right? He 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 gets ambiguous with the topic sometimes. But um there's it's important to me that there's this i mean to me imagine the representation for somebody who you know identifies as gay right or somebody who's in the closet even right but i'm super happy that there's this person in this space now where like a lot of these rappers they can say what they want about him being gay but they can't rap with him you know they can't make music with him right and and i think and that's true of tyler you know and and on the r&b side right that's that's true of frank in a lot of ways um but you know i look forward to i look forward to the talent of these artists speaking for itself and and for that to drown out any conversation that is around negativity man so love to isaiah rashad bro love and light to isaiah rashad man still got the best album of the year still um, one of yeah. my favorite artists. He has not missed a shot. Isaiah Shaw is a problem for y'all to deal with, um, whether you want to admit it or not. When he drops, everyone's going to be forced to pay attention to what this man has to say in his music because the fans are completely gripped by it. He made a perfect album last year. This man is a artistic phenom in the hip-hop space. We congratulate you, bro, and we let you know that over here, where it matters, we don't care about none of that. Yeah, I'm running back to the house was burning. Right after this. A hundred, a hundred, a hundred percent, man. Miles Xavier, with your transition, I'd like to give these people a little bit more information. Let's go. Yes, sir. Yo. Here we are. Explaining things for the homies. Yet again. Zway? Do you have any do you have any Valentine's Day plans, Mouse Uh do I have Valentine's Day plans? Yeah. Um I'm gonna be chilling, making sangria at the crib um on Zoom with my lady. And I'm trying to make sure I remember every aspect of these plans. Thank you for this process, right? This is helping me right now. Um, the I think we'll be <laughs> Big facts, man. Big facts. Um, no, nah, man. Typically, sometimes when we hang out, uh, we'll do like question games and stuff like that over Zoom. Ask each other random questions about life. Um, we'll watch movies and That's stuff cute. like that. So, yeah, we'll chop up some fruits and add them to some wine and see where that beautiful beverage and, you know, our Valentine's ship takes us. That's beautiful, man. That's absolutely beautiful. And I love to see, uh, I love to see men in love, man. You know, love is such a beautiful thing. Black men in love specifically, you know, just there's a certain type of swag and style that, that you put into it. And so, you know, with Valentine's Day explained for the homies, we figured that this particular year, we just go ahead and look at the history behind Valentine's Day. Look at how we got to a place where we have to uh, spend so much cash. <laughs> I'm glad, man. I'm glad that somebody's like looking into this, man. We got to unearth what the reason why. If I'm going, if I'm going to shell it out and, you know, I, I love to shell it out. There's no better reason than love, right? You know, I, for sure, for sure that. But but why though? You, you know? Uh, <laughs> but but why is love expensive? Is the question we're trying to answer here. So we agreed upon this question and we and we each set off to to answer it. Uh 
Do you want to start or, or do you want me to start? You tell me what you found, man. I mean, what what I found is what I found is understanding essentially what drives the need for us to be in love, what drives the need for us to be in love, and then also some of the history behind Valentine's Day as a day of celebration. And so obviously what they say is all of our instincts and our all of our instincts are rooted in the fundamental uh, biological processes of the brain. So in this particular instance, the necessity for us to want to find love is predicated on the necessity for us to reproduce. And then the lust element of it, <laughs> the lust element of it is... I get why, I get, I get, okay. I already love her and that's cool. But where does the money come in? Where did, the, how did we start to say that this day I need to spend this money? I'm glad you asked. I'm glad you asked. So typically speaking, right? And typically speaking, the concept of a union and the concept of marriage was an union and love under the under the biblical terms, which was what was then considered con conventional, right? What would be secular would be rules of the book and in different countries applying different rules of their books into their love stories until the 1920s when Hollywood, the turn of Hollywood, right? And the booming of Hollywood, which was what then um, started promoting this concept of like, a love forever, a love forever. And then you look at the actual holiday day, which was a pagan holiday, which was then adopted into a pagan holiday, which was then brushed up from St. Valentine and then inserted into our celebration list. I feel like every holiday is a pagan holiday. I feel like they say that about every holiday. I feel like they say like, like oh, Christmas, that's a pagan holiday. Easter, pagan holiday. Kwanzaa, pagan. Are all holidays pagan? What is what is pagan just just mean holiday? What if we found that out? <laughs> no. I mean, uh, <laughs> <laughs> is, is pagan mean holiday? <laughs> no, it, def it definitely does not. Right? It was actually a it was a festival called Lupercalia, right? Which was uh, about the Roman goddess of fertility. Right. So there was so there was that. Right. But then there was these two dudes. Well, it was actually one dude, I think. But some people say it was two dudes. But I think it was one dude named Valentine who got killed because he was, you know, preaching the Christian Christian gospel. And he did something to upset the Roman Empire. Right. Either he was he either uh, did a miracle and, and, and cured a blind person. Or, or, no, I'm, no, no miracles I'm, here. No, no. I'm giving you facts. I'm giving you facts. One miracle maker at a time. No, no. I'm, I'm giving you the facts, man. This is, this is, uh, <laughs> these are the legends, right? So they say he either cured a blind person as like a demonstration, you know, of Christianity. And the emperor was like, oh, you got to get up out of here. Killed him. Or that he was freeing, uh, the Roman uh, Christians from Roman prisons, an emperor called him. It was like, no, nah, you got to get up out of here. Or the emperor decided that single men that made better soldiers. And they were like, you can't um, get married, single man. Don't do that, young man. You got to wait till you go old and you're no longer a soldier. And then uh, <laughs> this dude Valentine was like, no, nah, he was still performing <laughs> marriages. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no. So some type of way, this man Valentine was made this emperor mad and emperor had killed him. And some say the stories, as I just uh, have, have described to you, has something to do with love. And so eventually later, as you said, like, you know, media starts to become popular. Um, and there's this connection between Valentine's Day. The dude was killed on February 14th. And the uh, the mating of birds, birds was mating in spring, and it was like, oh, the birds <laughs> is getting the birds is getting together. I'm telling you, we got to do more of this research because I like how we find different things. But the birds was the <laughs> birds was getting together on February 14th, and the that's why people were like, oh, word, we like they. People started writing letters and, you know, media and books popularized it. The dude who wrote Canterbury Tales, Geoffrey Chaucer, included that in one of his books, right? He called somebody like his Valentine in the book. Um, and people started using that day as an excuse to write letters to their loved ones because they figured love was in the air, springtime, Valentine's Day, February 14th, when this dude got killed, even though that's not a very romantic sentiment, but you know. Yeah, specifically on that case of the soldiers, right? The soldiers that were denied love essentially 
the, the soldiers that Valentine freed from the shackles. Right. <laughs> um, um, what, well, that's how I was what, black, by the way. <laughs> had to be. I was throwing Valentine that out said, now. Free my G's. Valentine Freeman. St. Valentine Freeman. Yo, so what I was hearing is that, what I read is that the the Roman soldiers at the time were, they did not feel like fighting. And the emperor at the time was launching a very extended war that had been going on for years, even decades, right? Going into decades. And so the soldiers had lost steam and a lot of the soldiers actually wanted to be back home with their families. And in an effort to stop that, like you said, they were, nope, 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 nope. You're not allowed to be at home with your families. In fact, they even banned concubines and uh, they banned concubines and prostitutions for those soldiers. So that they couldn't engage in that type of thing. Prior to that, that same celebration period of Valentine's is that they would, a uh, how do I put this? Whip a virgin is how they would say it. Is literally, <laughs> is how they... I don't know what I expected was coming next, but it wasn't that. It wasn't that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's what I said when I read it too. But hey, listen, we give you the facts over here. But that is that is the the story of it. And so it gets to the 1920s, and then Hollywood starts promising this better, this longer uh, outlook on love, and then that becomes the conventional ideology of what bond and the celebration of that bond is supposed to be. Insert. Um, and so, uh, not the beers, but it, it was the beers with the with the engagement ring. How did we get come about buying diamonds and that type of thing? Insert the beers with an engagement ring, and then go ahead and insert Christmas. And now we have every holiday <laughs> is a purchasing holiday, essentially. Yeah, and that's and that's the thing, right? It's like we go from this idea of okay, fine, love forever, Hollywood. I'm skeptical, but fine. But also, who was it that started messing up and was like, went from this is about love and writing love letters on Valentine's Day to now you got to buy gifts. You know, somebody started doing too much. Somebody started sending the letter and like flowers and a bear and all that type of stuff. You was doing too much, man. You you see what you started? You see what you got all of us doing, man? <laughs> you got to chill. Like the good old days. <laughs> But that's now that's what it's morphed into. That's what it's morphed into. And so now, you know, after COVID, you're seeing a lot of people haven't broken up over COVID. A lot of people are out of relationships that made it through, made it through the fire. And then once the doors open, relationships fell apart. Um, so even this particular Valentine's Day today would be remiss if we didn't acknowledge some of the people that are going to be feeling lonely over this period of time where you're watching performative relationships um on socials and you're feeling like oh man uh i'm lonely isolation um you know there is such thing as mourning and grieving the loss of a relationship with somebody that you had especially if you had plans with that type of person you're not just mourning them but you're mourning the death of those plans and that mental universe that you guys have created together and now you know it's the day of love um you know people get people get lonely what i do love is that we're seeing galentine's day which is dope and we should do something for the dudes man what would you call it uh I, i'm sorry I, I, I was just captivated you, you you're a sensitive dude man i appreciate you making space for everybody who might be might be oh, dull on the day shut man up. but um yeah man uh, i i think it's 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 a beautiful thing right to to see all different types of, of love being celebrated, right? And and just like we've seen people break away from Thanksgiving and do Friendsgiving and, and decide that they don't, that holiday represents whatever they want it to represent. Um, I, that's, that's always been my take on Valentine's Day too, right? Like it's a reminder to show love to the people that you love, even if you don't have to love them romantically, right? Reach out yeah. to your moms, you know, reach out to your pops, you know what I'm saying? Um, do something nice for, for whoever, you know what I'm saying? Um, do something nice for yourself. Big so nice for yourself, man. Like love on yourself, people, please. Self-love, man. Self-love, which is so difficult to do. Like self-love is very difficult to do because it's so continuous. You always are with yourself. But like for that's what I'm that's what I'm gonna do. I'm I'm speaking about me, right? That's what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna find a way to love on myself. Yeah, no, I'm not gonna touch that one. Uh 
what are some Valentine's Day hacks that we can give the people, man? So whether you're in a relationship or not, you can give some some of those plans for self-love that you may have. Um, or what are some what are some nice things that you can do, maybe especially on the inexpensive side? I know people's pockets is hurting. You got any ideas for the people? Um, home cooked meal, man. Break do something that you haven't done. Do something that you haven't done. Whatever it is that you've not done, go to a park. Go to a park. Go to a museum. Uh, make some make her food. Picnic. Make him or her food. Who doesn't enjoy that? A good cooked meal. That dude, I'm I'm single, dude. I don't know. What, I don't know what you, <laughs> I don't know what you do. Ah, uh, but you're clearly a thoughtful dude, and and I, you know, I'm sure I'm. Those are all great suggestions. So I appreciate you sharing them with the people. I'm always an advocate of. Um, Getting to know the person you're with, man. Get to know your partner. Um, everybody, like, uh, each person brings something to the table, right? If y'all polyamorous, yeah, everybody, whoever is involved, every bring something to the table, right? So, like, um, create a list of questions. Favorite song right now, right? Bring a quote, uh, either from something you're reading or or something you love, right? And and share these things, right? Uh, that's what that's the type of stuff that that I bring to the that's table, right? Even you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, because you're you're big on communication. You're big on relationship communication, um, and you're someone that, that I speak to when it comes to my relationship situations and whatever the case is. Um, I, that's why that's so fly when you say uh, get to know your person better and introducing games. Is that something that you do? And like, what other ways of of uh, what other ways of connecting with your partner do you do you usually practice? Yeah. So as I mentioned, like. Um... We do the Zoom thing. It's a long distance thing. Uh, so we have to be, yeah, very um, intentful and and about, you know, keeping, yeah, conversation, like, and engaging. So we come up with games, ask each other questions. Um, we'll, when we watch things together, right, especially, like, you know, binge watch shows or whatever, we'll, like, look for opportunities to, like, pause it and be like, all right, bet. What do you think is going to happen? What do I think is going to happen? And we'll, like, bet something on it. You know what I mean? Just to be like, all right, we'll see, we'll see what's gonna happen, right? Um, yeah, man. That's you just, cute. hey, hey, man. Well, I, these are, I can't take credit for most of these. You know what I'm saying? Or even the communication aspect of it, right? My the relationship I'm in, uh, my partner is just um, has elevated my level of communicating in a relationship in a huge way. Uh, so, mm-hmm. yeah, man. I would say uh, I'm, I'm I'm big on anything that involves uh, questions. I'm big on like, yo, your partner, like ask them, like, this isn't something, especially people over distance, like think of, but even in person, like ask your partner what they want, what they want you to wear. Right. If y'all mm-hmm. going on a date or whatever, let them pick out your outfit. Right. Something like that. Interesting. Interesting. It seems, and, and that is like the basis of, uh, they say the bonding, conquering, going over challenges together and new experiences together and trying different things together is how you, sustain a a loving long relationship is what i'm told for sure for sure and finding out the things that y'all disagree on right you know figure out who's a mountain person and who's a beach person right mm. who who wants mm. to go hiking on vacation and who wants to chill these are the things that you you can figure out through questions or you can figure out you know if y'all have the the resources and the, the availability to do some of that stuff be intentional about it one of the one of the things that kept on popping up over COVID, along with um, breakups, uh, along with the breakup rate, and along with the rate of people that feel um, isolation and people that feel ostracized and that type of thing, is that actually the number of marriages, of weddings that are scheduled for 2022 is a, a lot higher than it was previously, right? And they and they say this is based on marriages that were pushed forward from 2020. And 2021 that will push forward into time um and that's something that we're seeing a lot of too off of that same time we're also seeing divorce rates that are also going up so clearly this is a moment of people getting together and people getting away from each other as fast as they can on both ends yeah i mean i think we're in this and it's a tumultuous time for relating to people right we're figuring out how to do that through technology we're figuring out how to do that safely as like communities like again after a weird time like it's a it's a tough time right and and i think we'll develop different ways of communicating with each other i hope right that that 
bring us to a place where there's more understanding, right? Maybe the divorce rate goes down because fewer people decide to like get married. They decide there's another way of relating to people that works better for them. Um, or maybe relationships are just stronger, right? Or people get married later. Like, I'm interested to see what the different data and statistics will show on, but I, I do think that we'll we'll figure it out, even though it's a weird time right now. Definitely. So the New York Times reports that 2.5 million weddings are expected in 2022, and this is the most okay. since 1984. Majority are scheduled from 2020 and 2021. The rest are likely to be couples who became engaged during the pandemic. A lot of people got engaged during the pandemic. Um, I wonder what that the divorce rates are going to look like five years from now, 10 years from now, when we look back at uh, COVID weddings and COVID engagements. Who knows, man? There's so many factors involved, right? There are people that might be getting married because they were together during lockdown. Like they, they first started getting together. Maybe they had recently moved in or were thinking about it. And they made that jump because we didn't know what was going to happen with the world. And, and through that situation, they found out that they, yeah, what they really want is to be together and that they work. And like, that's amazing. Um, maybe other people are looking at COVID and say, we don't know what's going to happen with the world. And so um, I'm, I want to get married and that's, and I want to make that happen now. And I want to have kids and, you know, so there's all sorts of um, super solid relationships that might be forming in a, a part of that 2.5 million. There's all sorts of, Maybe iffy relationships. That's just how life go. But um, to all of each and every one of y'all, good luck. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't help but I can't help but wonder whether it's based on the fact that people feel alone, and so people are not compelled to run towards, um, run a little bit quickly into relationships and run into weddings. Obviously, time is subjective when it comes to these sort of these sorts of things. But there is no doubting that COVID has forced a lot of people to have to sit by themselves and really deal with whether the people that they with they enjoy or the people that they don't enjoy. There's some places in the Middle East that reported 60% divorce rates over the COVID period, right? So um, just looking at, just thinking about what it means going forward, especially when you still think that we're operating off of an old broken wedding, uh, an old broken marriage contract, right? Because they, they say the history of weddings and the history of marriage is actually... Uh, institution that can help compile property, um, assets, and labor. Those three things. Hey man, you're preaching to the you're preaching to the choir, buddy. Um, yeah, there is a there is a conversation to be had about the question of like why does the state need to be involved in my love? Um, but there are also like strategic aspects of that, right? Getting married and you know being able to pass on assets easier being able to do things like joint bank accounts and stuff like that, because there's a legal um, record that reflects that this union is real and, and significant. And so, um, and yeah, I mean, a lot of people are relying on it for immigration. So there's, there's not that they should have to, right. But that there's a lot, it's a complicated aspect of society that I'm with you, brother, we should, we should rework and, and examine and, and take a look at and be more inclusive about um, in the way, in whatever version of it we keep. Because my response to that would be, if it is in case the fact of compiling assets and shared bank accounts, then let's create an LLC for it. Let's create a CC for it. Let's create a PTY for it. Let's create unit. Uh, let's create a uh, trust accounts for it. Let's. There's there's more tools that can be utilized, especially in each of these respective areas that one could enforce in order to even optimize the 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 value that one gets back. <laughs> Yeah, as imagine saying all that at the altar to your shorty, right? Like, yo, look at these tools that we've used to optimize the value, <laughs> the ROI on what we're about to do. It's still a contract that's being signed it's, at the end of the day. We're still going to sign a contract. Do, do I want to sign a contract that I've worked on, that I understand, that we have together worked on to understand the perfect setup for us or take this one size fits all contract that is statistically not working. You, sir, are talking about a prenup. But even a prenup, even a, even a prenuptial agreement still does a very sloppy job at the separation of, uh, of, of calculating the, the middle ground of it. You know, what if you write it? Not if you write it, not if you and, you know, whoever's helping you understand the legal of it. You can write a like I think I think there's a stigma and there's a connotation on prenup that is like that is yeah 
it has a sloppy or that it's one-sided or whatever. But I think if you're talking about looking at what marriage is and making amendments to that, right? I think on an indiv- on an individual basis, what that looks like is a destigmatized version of a prenup. Um, and and my broader point is that there are words for like some of these things that these tools in the um, in the marriage sense that are brought over from the business world um, because it is a contract at the end of the day, but it's also something that we're socialized to think of as this big milestone in life. Right. And people want that to feel romantic and they want that to feel celebratory. And especially when you're like promising yourself to another person, you want that to be something that feels soulful and not something that feels as sterile as the signatures of like a boardroom and looking through papers. Right. And so even if it's a bit silly, I think we've layered this system that I agree again, doesn't work and that we need to adjust and it's archaic at this point, but we do, you're a very practical person. And I just think in the realistic ways we address this, there's going to have to be some, um, just allowance for romance just for the sake of romance in, in this legal language. Cause that's what people want, man. Yeah. And look, I'm, I'm all for going through the process and the celebratory and the do the whole thing, except that contract, that contract is what scares me. You know what I mean? Uh, but you're right. Maybe there is more towards prenup that one can, that one can look into, but I do think that, if it is in fact a matter of assets, if it's in fact a matter of tax incentives, and it is, because that's what the purpose of this contract is, um, there's better ways to be able to build it. And I would, you know, I, I say this now, but again, there is the the social value of of being married and the equivalence of being able to say you have a ring that has been ordained by the court. I get that. I get that. But different strokes for different folks. Amen. If you want to propose with a PowerPoint presentation, I'd fully support you. Hey, <laughs> your love, dude. <laughs> like, let baby, her go. Have you seen slide three, baby? Have the you seen slide three, baby? It's looking good. It's looking right. <laughs> it's looking nice. Tra- you know? I'm definitely going to be speaking about trajectories at the engagement, for sure, for sure. The investors, they're bullish. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yo, but I, I look forward to, to all the love you have coming coming in your life, man. And and I appreciate uh I'm make sure that we connect on Valentine's Day. You know what I'm saying? Well, I'm, I'm gonna be, that, I'm be making sangria with, with my shorty, but I'm gonna make sure that I show you love. Hit up my mom's, hit up my grandma. I encourage y'all to do the same out there. Hey man, listen, without further ado, we get into the show that the people like most. What part of the show is that exactly, Mother Recommend it and review. Yo, I know that this show is getting a little long in the tooth, man. We, we've been having a little too much fun. We've been letting it go. We got tightened up. But first, without further ado, the review. Cousin Stiz. Stizzo, just for you. Stizzo. Just for Stizzo. you. So what you think? in 2019, before COVID kicked in, me and Xavier were together at a cousin Stiz show in Chicago. It was, in fact, a Freddie Gibbs show, uh, but Cousin Stiz was the first opener of that show. Cousin Stiz we started listening to Cousin Stiz in 2012 with that Who You Know on SoundCloud. And then they had that SoundCloud Who You Know remix, the No Bells remix. Um, super, super dope, man. Stiz has always been a, a very wavy person. What's interesting with Stiz is that um, I, I see Stiz, Casey Veggies, I see Stiz, I see Casey Veggies, I see Rocky Fresh in the same in the same uh, car in hip hop, in the same place in hip hop, right? Which is people that had more than a one hit wonder, people that are beloved by their respective cities. Cousin Cousin Stiz's instance, beloved by uh, Manda in Boston, um, uh, a hometown favorite for sure, your favorite uncle, as he likes to put it. Um, so seeing seeing Cousin Stiz that day in 2019, it just made me reflect back on 
um, some of the dope stuff that Cousin Stiz has given us over time. Big facts, man. There's there's something really dope about finding an artist in the hip hop landscape that is comfortable with where they are. Um, and even if that's not centered to the conversation, right. And people that are carving a lane out for themselves, doing what they love and, and making music. Um, and while when you listen to the music, there are obviously some shots at elevating his position in in wherever the hip hop hierarchy is, you want to define it. Um, overall, I would say like he, he knows who he is. He knows his lane. This particular project just for you um i think really like in in his way captures what he knows about his ability to make different types of songs and hooks and sounds um and to lean into the production so i think that this was a this was some of the best that we could look to get from an artist of of his caliber interesting interesting one of the cool things about stiz is uh, Stiz's appreciation for um, style, um, his presentation of his music, looking specifically at um, how he came up off that Monda album, uh, the the album art of that super dope. The 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 album, to me, the Monda album was Stiz's best work. Right, Monda dropping in two thousand and sixteen, that was Stiz's best work. I would be hard pressed to say that um, I, I've I've enjoyed any subsequent album as much as I did Monda or Suffolk County. Um, however, what is undeniable and one thing that maybe get a lot of respect for Stiz, especially when seeing him at the show, the Chicago crowd, you know, it was in the winter. It was Griselda opening. It was Griselda, Freddie Gibbs, and Cousin Stiz, you know? So um, little to say, there were a lot of hands in hoodies, a lot of hoodies up, a lot of blood smoke in the crowd. Niggas wasn't putting their hands up, going crazy, waving them side to side. It was a it was a hip hop show. <laughs> if you've been to a hip hop show, then you know exactly what we're talking about, right? Um, and and they they weren't necessarily receptive to Stizz's more upbeat energy on the stage. However, to Stizz's credit, he did not, and it sounded like his voice was gone, but he did not stop putting on a. He did not stop trying very, very hard on that stage. He didn't let the crowd's lack of energy deter the energy that he put up. And what was even doper about that is that after the show, um, after his show, when Freddie Gibbs was performing, he actually, you see him on stage coming up and watching Gibbs perform, um, excited to see Gibbs perform and then supporting Gibbs performing that way. So when I saw that from Cousin Stiz, man, I had a lot of, uh, I, I earned a lot more appreciation for this artist um, and how serious it is that they take their music their music making. So off of that, it would be hard pressed for me to be able to say that again, this is a bad album because I don't think Stiz makes bad music. Um, is it my favorite Stiz album? No. However, I do appreciate um I do appreciate what I get when Stiz does drop. Yeah, I think you I think you put it perfectly. I think this album is is a win for him as as a next step in his career. Um and yeah, there's like all of his albums. I'm glad you brought up Mondo. That's a great project. Uh, there's something to pull from here. So Save the Day, I think it's something that I will keep in rotation. Um, Guts and Glory. It's actually like two things about this man. One, when he leans into, when the production is there, man, he he knows how to make the type of music that will allow him to, to have the type of shows maybe that Griselda crowd wasn't going to appreciate, but there's a crowd that loves that type of energy. Right. And that's really captured in the music. Um, and two, when the when the production is there and it's not going for the the festival banger or the or the show, um, the flashy tune for that, man, like when he's just in his chill pocket, that's some of my favorite music that he makes. Um, some of the more concept tracks, I didn't really, you know, after the buzzer, I get it, the champagne pop bottles track like we've heard a lot of artists do that i'm less impressed by that than when he's just kind of chilling in the cut um so I'll, I'll definitely pull uh is it look both ways guts and glory save the day blessings i think those are my highlights um for sure you got two out of two out of my three guts and glory blessings gone was also another highlight and the single that dropped that LBS is also a, a favorite of mine. So, um, you know, LBS particularly slaps very hard. And I like what you said about Stiz being a hook king, 
Stiz being uh, somebody that understands being able to catch a beat and setting out those um, those very uh, very repetitive type of things. He's like one of those types of rappers that says that that can say that thing that has you repeating it. You know who you know, who you know. You know what I'm saying like that like uh, that no bells that um, that uh, headlock another one too where Stiz can just really put together some dope words that are easy to repeat. That's some fly stuff and then chill and lay back. So. I'm glad to see him uh, still working. I'm glad to see him still putting out albums. I'm glad to see him still um, participating in the space. Um, you know, Stiz has been rapping for for quite some time. Uh, at a certain point in time on SoundCloud, Stiz was there in that same category as um, Waldo, um, rapping at the same time as Goldlink. Uh, so to be able to see somebody who is very much from the SoundCloud uh from the soundcloud um era. era the the first song the real soundcloud era uh still out here rapping man that that's gonna mean something to me yeah for sure for sure if i could say anything about this project and what i would like to see next is more features um like you said he does kind of have that uh hypnotic kind of tone i think some some features to kind of add a splashes of color on this album um would have been would have been really nice so i look to see him collaborate with other folks in the future and uh, yeah, man, I look to see him just kind of dig into dig into the mature bag, right? I, w- I want to see him. You know, he makes a lot of of a lot of party music, a lot of um, amped up high energy music. That's cool, you know. That, but I, I really want to see him develop his craft in making um, just just vibey just vibey music because his beat selection is great. Mhm, mhm. Beat selection is great. Um, definitely, uh, go ahead and check that out. Official review. We're going to give it a three. I give it a three and a three out of five over here. I'm with it. Three out of five. Three out of five. It is for Stizzo. It is for Stizzo. Man, man, doing the show is an absolute pleasure. Mr. Miles Xavier. Yes, sir. Yes, it is, man. And before we get out of here, um, I want to make just one mention, um, that's a little bit, that is a little bit sad, man. Um, I want to just say a quick rest in peace to to Betty Davis. Um, Betty Davis was a funk singer. Uh, she was actually the the ex-wife of Miles Davis. They were married for a year. And she was a big influence on his music. Um, she's credited to bringing uh, kind of the rock feel that later kind of inspired some of his, the fusion work that he did later. Um, and actually introducing him to Sly and the Family Stone, um, and and a couple of other uh, uh, incredible artists, Jimi Hendrix, I think, even um, from that era. And so she doesn't get enough credit. Um, she doesn't get enough spotlight. But there is uh, a documentary about her, I believe, that just came out recently called um, They Say I'm Different. So go ahead and check that out, man. That's definitely a recommended from us. Uh, she put out some incredible music, but she kind of faded from the spotlight. Like I said, she didn't get the credit that she really deserved. She also spent a year in Japan um, with some monks over there. And then after that, she was just kind of, she she left the music industry. Um, so, you know, uh, she she passed away this past Wednesday at, at 77. Uh, she had a, an incredible life. Um, she's inspired artists like Erica Badu, Janelle Monae, Jamila Woods. Uh, so just a, just an incredible, incredible light uh, and, and an incredible black woman. Um, you know, she was one of the, she's one of the only black women, like, I mean, of all time to that wrote, uh, the majority of the records she, that she sang, wrote and produced the majority of the records that she sang. So for her time, that was unheard of. Um, and even for now, that's an incredible accomplishment, right? So, um, she was asked in 1974 to describe her style of music on Al, on Al G's, uh, rap and rhythm. And uh, she described her style of music as, I would just say it's raw. R-A-W, raw. That's beautiful, man. That's absolutely beautiful. Thank you for, for bringing that up. Uh, R.P. Betty Davis, Not I can't, I can't say I'm entirely too familiar on it, but I will give that, that documentary a look. It looks, extremely, um, it looks extremely interesting. For sure, for sure. I appreciate you, bro, you know, for the visuals, for all that you do behind the scenes to make this show what it is. The aesthetics are on another level, and they will continue to level up for you, the audience. Um, It's an honor, my man. 
It is, it is. And also over here, we are in service to you guys, man. So shout out to everybody that has been giving us a look on our Instagram page. Shout out to everybody that's been giving us a look on that SoundCloud page. We drop playlists every single week. Y'all want information? We know. Y'all want music? We know. Y'all want the impact? We know. And y'all want something that's fly? And we try to bring all three of, all four of those things together just for y'all, man. So thank you for the support. We know. Yeah, we know. You could be anywhere in this crazy world doing all sorts of things. And especially this weekend, it's Valentine's weekend, it's Super Bowl weekend. You know, uh, it, it, we had some incredible UFC fights. Uh, it was the Chicago High School Basketball Championship. There's a million things to be doing, to be experiencing um, in this world. And you are tuned into us here in the soul sounds of Hazelnut Tones. That's me and Chestnut Tones. That's my bro. We are here for this celebration of celebrating, the celebration of life, the celebration of how good it feels to be Black, don't it feel good's way? It's my favorite thing, man. Yep, and we hope it feels good to be you, whatever skin you're in. We hope you eat something delicious, hug somebody you love. Peace, water, we go. It's what I'm saying. Yeah, 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 I get that, I get that, but is we live, though? Is we, like, all the way live, though? You heard?